Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to another edition of the MMA Strategy Show right here on awesomeo.com. I am Jason Foy, as always, joined by the fighter Pete Rogers Jr. As we're here to break down Saturday's UFC Vegas number 23, a.k.a. UFC on ABC number two. Of course, headlined by Marvin Vittori taking on big mouth Kevin Holland, who three weeks ago, Dana White was questioning whether Kevin Holland had a mental breakdown. But hey, Darren Till's out of the fight. Hey, Big Mouth, you want to fight? Yeah, right. Welcome to MMA in 2021, Pete. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, people in Vegas taking fights, people that have just, you know, most recently competed, being able to uh, hop on situations and, and, you know, take advantage of a situation like this. And, uh, you know, Kevin Holland's always down to fight, so we have to definitely give him credit for that. And he's, I think he's now the most active fighter during the COVID era. I, um, I think he's been in the cage more than anybody. So he's definitely acclimated in the cage. Yeah, it's uh, going to be an interesting matchup. Of course, we are going to break that one down for you. Breakdown. We got 14 fights, at least as we do this show on Thursday evening. We'll see when by the time we get to Saturday afternoon, do we have 14 fights? Of course, we lost one fight already this week. And of course, uh, you know, they'll be taking their COVID tests and their next COVID test will be tomorrow after they do weigh in. And uh, there is definitely one fight on this card that I'm particularly paying attention to with the weigh-ins. That's actually Mike Perry. Let's just see what Mike Perry looks like on the scale after we saw what happened with him last time, but a ton to break down in terms of this one. So Pete, uh, let's get right into it. Marvin Vittori and Kevin Holland. And one thing that really uh, sticks out to me as I look at the tail of the tape on this one is the significant reach advantage that Kevin Holland has in this matchup, 81 inches versus 74 inches. Of course, uh, Kevin Holland, you know, to me, I mean, he's more of a welterweight than he is a middleweight. It's a guy that probably will weigh in around 183 pounds. He's not a guy that's, you know, cutting weight to make 185 pounds. But for Martin Vittori, you know, I really feel like the game plan probably does not change much in, in the changeup from Darren Till to Kevin Holland. But this is one of the things I was thinking about, of course, as we're helping break you down from a, a DFS perspective, is that his price point of 9600 on DraftKings and 14 fights, what should our exposure be to Martin Vittori? I'm definitely exposed to Marvin Vittori because of the grappling aspect that he can, uh, you know, present in this matchup. And I think that's the, the X factor here because I think standing up Kevin Holland's a threat against anybody. I really do. I think that he's very dynamic. Um, you know, he, he puts together great combinations, but 
you know, uh, Derek Brunson definitely showed a significant hole in this game of, of him not really having the answer for, for takedowns. And I think that if Marvin Vittori is able to, you know, mix in some takedowns, you know, in addition to excellent striking, because Marvin Vittori is an excellent striker, I think that we need to have exposure to him. Now, um, I'm not too interested in Kevin Holland. I, I really don't think that he can pull the upset here outside of a, a puncher's chance, because I just think that, you know, Marvin Vittori, just a complete game. He's a tough guy, been in there a lot, tough to put away. Um, I think just, you know, the grappling aspect over the course of five rounds is what's making me think that Marvin Vittori is going to be a, a, you know, a fighter that I'm going to target a decent amount. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this, at this fight card and with 14 fights, it's hard to really say like, you know, hundred percent lock somebody in, or this is a must have fight, but I will be increasing exposure to Marvin Vittori and decreasing exposure to Kevin Holland. If that makes sense. True or false. Marvin Vittori will have more than two takedowns. Yeah, that's true. That's true all day. That has only happened one time in his UFC career. Yeah. And I think like it's going to it's going to come a lot easier because Kevin Holland hasn't really had a lot of time to you know hit the gym and work on, you know, improving his wrestling. Yeah, I'm sure he did, but it's not it's not that easy. It's not like you just do a couple of drills over the course of a couple of weeks. Um, you know, he wasn't training for a fight either. You know, he was kind of just like taking in all of you know Dana White's criticism and uh you know, I think that's why he's accepted this fight more than any other reason. But this is a perfect opportunity for him to kind of right the ship, and he spoke about it in the media day. Of course, if you do have any questions on the fight, you can leave those right there in our YouTube chat, also in our premium Slack account. For whatever reason, if you ever do miss the show on a Thursday night, you can't catch it part of the Also Podcast Network. Just go to awesome.com slash podcast to get the link. So whether you want to say listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to get your podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on one of our podcast channels with your Twitter handle or email address, and you'll be registered to win a free week of Also Plus Platinum. One winner will be awarded every Friday, and reviews will be eligible up to one year. I always like to go back and check out and maybe see if there's something that uh, maybe I missed, that's something Pete had to say here. Um but on the Kevin Holland side of the equation, you're, you're Travis Luter, you're his head coach. What is the thought process on how he gets it done? Um, I think it needs to, you know, be keep it in the center of the octagon. Um, you are at the apex, so obviously the size of the cage is smaller. Um, you have to be aware of, you know, backing up beyond that black line because now Marvin Vittori can crash in, push against the cage, really start to implement some takedowns or even just, you know, pressure against the cage. And that's, you know, that pressure against the cage in the clinch will nullify Kevin Holland's strength, which, which is his length and his excellent striking. So um, for me, it's Kevin Holland needs to stay on the outside, you know, uh, you know, pick Mar- Marvin Vittoria apart and kind of dance around him and try to be, you know, somewhat of a matador because, you know, Marvin Vittori is a bull and will come forward with, you know, really aggressive combinations and crash forward a lot. Um, and maybe start to test that cardio of Marvin Vittori but it's tough to say that because there was some criticism around Marvin Vittori's, you know, cardio. And then that Jack Hermanson fight, he really answered a lot and started to, to really prove all of us doubters wrong. And the fact that he can be strong throughout a main event. So, um, you know, it, it's just kind of Kevin Holland, go out there and do what you do, make magic on the feet. You know, I, I think the one thing that I look at Kevin, or excuse me, I look at Marvin Vittori in this matchup, and it's more about just his price point. Nine, uh, 9600 on DK, $23 over on FanDuel is what has got to be the target. Like, if because we're, we're in Valentina Shevchenko territory on DraftKings when we're talking about the price point here for Marvin Vittori. I, I think the only concern I really have on the Marvin aspect is you know, does this fight stay on the feet? Can you have enough volume? Can you score enough points? Because at 9,600, if I'm rostering Marvin Vittori, my hope is for at least is in that 120 point range. Yeah. It's got to be beyond 110 points. Um, And maybe if you're looking at this from like a, you know, a big scale GPP perspective, there's 14 fights. So you really just need to find six fighters to get you a hundred points on the card. Um, and kind of make a lineup work. And perhaps there are fighters in here that can get you more points or more dominant performances because as, as much of a hole that Kevin Holland has in the wrestling department, he's still extremely dangerous. And Marvin Vittori has to be careful and cautious. So 
perhaps that limits some offensive output and really limits him some production. So, but for me, like 9,600, like anytime you get beyond that 9,400 range, you're definitely looking north of 110 points. And we do have a 9,500 fighter uh, on, on this slate as well. I mean, you know, I think the other part of this is, you know, obviously there was a lot of criticism for Kevin Holland with you know, the, his amount of talking inside the fight, which Pete, you know, this, the criticism is going to come when you lose a fight, when you win a fight and you talk that mad amount of game, everyone thinks you're tremendous. And, yeah. But part of that, it's also this verbal warfare that Kevin Holland does have where he's trying to get in his opponent's head. It's going to be fascinating to kind of see how he turns out here. You know, 6,600 price tag on DraftKings. You know, if you're in a cash game as a punt play, I don't mind that. No, not at all. I mean, I think like Kevin Holland, as far as like talented underdogs, he's one of the most talented underdogs. So on any given day, he can catch Marvin Vittori. You know, um, maybe, you know, his strategy would definitely be probably try to catch him within the first three rounds, because I think the the longer this fight goes, the more that really plays into Marvin Vittori's hands for having a full training camp. Um, But as far as talented underdogs, Kevin Holland is definitely, you know, one of the most talented, if not the most talented underdog. Now, when you're talking about talented folks, we've got a talented team over here at awesomeo.com. Of course, we've got shows for you each and every day. Of course, myself and Pete, we are here for the next hour. And, of course, we'll be back on Saturday. Be sure to subscribe to Awesomeo on YouTube. You know, look, when I go on my YouTube account, I'm going right to that subscription. So I want to end. So Awesomeo will come up right there at the top of your subscriptions. Be sure hit that notification bell when you do subscribe so you know when a new show is live here on the channel. Of course, uh, myself and Pete will be here Saturday morning, Pete. 11 a.m. East Coast time for live before lock. Damn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Had, set that set that alarm there, bro. No, I mean for me, it's I have Saturday morning training, so I had to I had to really move some stuff around for you guys. Um, but I, you know, I'll be here, and uh, and then I have an exciting night that night as well. One of my buddies is uh, getting married, so it's a bachelor party. So um, it'll be interesting. Are you Are you going to be able to hang at the bachelor party? I don't even know if I'll be like, I'll, I'll hang are you, out. are you the, de- are you the destiny driver? Is that what yeah, this is? Usually I am honestly, like usually I'm the, the sober Sally and kind of just making sure like everybody's good. We got to go someplace. I got you guys. Of course, uh, the co-main event of this fight card, maybe the fight that I'm the most interested on this fight card at our Arnold Allen and Sadiq Youssef are now on 7,700, 8,500 for Sadiq Youssef, uh, Sadiq $18, Allen for $13. Uh, let me ask you this on Arnold Allen. What do you think his best win in the UFC is? Yeah, I mean, he has some washed wins, honestly, and, and uh, I was kind of looking at that before we got on here. Um, you know, if I'm looking at Arnold Allen, he's a very, very talented fighter out of TriStar, but I'd probably say – the Amir Khani win, honestly, even though that's like some time ago. And I think that Amir Khani in 2017, like that aged really well. Um, you know, since then he has a win over uh, Mads Burnell, Jordan Rinaldi, Gilbert Melendez, which is far past his prime and Nick Lentz, who, you know, was fighting with basically one eye. So, um, you know, I, I don't, they were excellent performances, but I think the Amir Khani one really aged well. Now, when you look at the other side here with Sadiq Youssef, um, obviously a, a very talented fighter. Uh, you look at the teletape. I mean, a lot of this stuff is very even. We're talking about height and reach. Uh, you know, in that matchup against Andre Feely, Andre Feely did have some success going the takedown route uh, in, in that one. But that's just something I don't see as a part of Arnold Allen's game. Yeah, you know, that Andre Feely fight really kind of like it was like a moment of clarity for me. It's like, okay, like I, I really, I need to pump the brakes on Sadiq Youssef to a point. Like I understand like he has incredible potential within the division. Um, I think that I was really high on Sadiq Youssef and I still am, but clearly he's a fighter that needs some work in some areas. And let me tell you that Andre Feely is very talented, um, excellent striker, excellent grappler, you know, very strong guy, uh, strong fighter for the division. But I just thought to myself, like, man, Andre Feely's really timing you with takedowns in certain areas. Um, you know, I, I'm impressed with Arnold Allen, honestly. Like, I, I truly am. And I, I was a Sadiq Youssef backer. I will still have shares of Sadiq Youssef because of, you know, his striking potential and his prowess on the feet. Like, 
excellent combinations, um, good power. But Arnold Allen, for me, the reason I will I'll be looking at him as a, as an underdog, one of my favorite underdogs on the slate, is because of that grappling. Because I do think like there are certain fights where you want to start to engage in grappling. Like let's say against you know Gilbert Melendez and Nick Lentz, they're both very talented grapplers. So perhaps we're going to be taking a little limited approach, but against a guy like Sadiq Youssef, who was just taken down several times against Andre Feely, you're like, all right, well, like, let's test that. Let's, you know, let's, let's hit him on the feet a little bit and sort of mix in some takedowns. Um, I think that Arnold Allen is an excellent uh, underdog. I will definitely have exposure to both. But for me, right, it doesn't seem like it's a priority fight. I feel like it's going to be a back-and-forth affair. What concerns me about the Sadiq Youssef fight is if this thing goes 15 minutes and – I just don't, if it goes 15 minutes and it's a Steve Youssef decision win, I just don't see the path to him being optimal. Yeah. Um, that I, I would agree with that. Like, because we, we talk about the scoring system of how, you know, if it's just a striking affair, does it really materialize into a strong mm-hmm. score? And it's like, that's why if this does stay on the feet, this will probably be an afterthought of a fight. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Of course, uh, we do have a couple of great promos going on over at awesomeo.com. Of course, if you ever want to know what promos we have going on, on the site, just go to awesomeo.com slash promos. We got promos for our golf and MLB coverage, as you can get two months of Awesome Plus Golf for the price of one. We use that promo code Dustin at 60 days of Awesome Plus Golf coverage. The guys that handle all that great stuff there, projections, ownership projections, player projections, the top golfer tool, and so much more. And that offer is valid through April the 11th, which uh, is Sunday. And our MLB promo does expire tomorrow, or you can get also plus the first nine days for only $9. We use the promo code starting nine. So take advantage of those offers there as all the great uh, tools and content we have over awesome.com. You know, Pete, we always have free content on the site. And today, MMA ownership projections is free, so you got to check that out. I saw Marvatori topping it 55%. I might be – I think I'm going to be underweight to the field on that number. Yeah, you know, I, I you know MMA is definitely a play of ownership, and I think DFS sports in general, like you can definitely get an advantage over the field if you pay attention to ownership on Awesome-O. Um, we – I, I think we have the most accurate ownership out there. I mean, it's really like close all the time. And uh, I will say if Marvin Vittori is coming in at 55%, it's because of the takedown route. Um, but on 14 fights, you have to really think about that. If a couple fights fizzle out, then I think that's going, that, that makes sense. But if a couple fights fizzle out, then I think like I will be increasing Marvin Vittori shares. But as of now with 14, I'm okay with going a little under that. How about an 18% Julian Marquez taking on Sam Alvey? Alvey dropping down to 185 pounds for the first time in, in several years here. I'll tell you a little interesting note on this one. So I hit up Marquez's management about two weeks ago to try to get him on my podcast. Julian Marquez not doing interviews for this one uh, was uh, just wanted to be in tune with his training of course. Uh, He replaced his training partner, Zach Cummings, in this matchup, which I think that makes it kind of interesting here. You know, of course, I I think we all remember what happened in in Julian's last fight against Maki Patolo. Uh, But look, Sam Alvey's not going the takedown route. I mean, that's just not Sam Alvey's game. Um, You know, and I think we always talk about this with Sam Alvey. He's a counter striker, which is not necessarily the greatest thing when we're talking about MMA DFS. Yeah, I I think that Sam Alvey is very difficult to trust at this point i mean if you look at his record it's i believe four losses in a row and a draw. Yes. um you know that's that's very ugly but i will tell you as a fighter that has faced adversity and has not had a pretty record at times um you know 
that's that's a dangerous fighter to go up against when they really have their you know they're cornered and their backs against the wall and they have to shine. Um, I will say that Sam Alvey, I'm interested to see him you know drop in weight here and I, I want to see him at the weigh-ins just for some GPP you know possibilities because he does have a mean check hook and he catches a lot of fighters with the check hook. He catches a lot of people coming in overzealous. Um, but let's be real at this point. I think some of some of Sam Alvey's best days are behind him. I'm not really impressed with Julian Marquez either. Like, I mean, I thought that the Maki Pitola fight, he could go out there and look excellent. Obviously he got taken down his ground games a work in progress and on the feet. He's okay. He's all right. I just feel like this could be another staring match. And this is another fight that I really don't, I'm not going to prioritize. Do you feel different on this fight? I think this is an ownership leverage potential situation right. here. Cause so as you look at the ownership and looking at all the 9,000 fighters, it is by far Julian Marquez is the lowest at right now. As we sit here on Thursday evening at 18%, the next lowest would be Impa at 22%. So Marquez has that potential, but mm-hmm. what concerns me is the fighting style of Sam Alvey. Is he just tough enough to where he doesn't get finished and potentially Julian Marquez does not. But I think when we're talking about trying to leverage ownership, that is a number that does look looks sexy to me in a way just because I could get a little leverage on the field when we're talking about, you know, one of the biggest betting favorites on this card that potentially we're getting at under 20% ownership. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. I mean, anytime you can get a massive favorite, um, for low ownership, definitely take advantage of it. It's just the style of this fight where it's going to be a back and forth, um, low output fight. Um, I will say that smiling Sam is difficult to put away at sometimes, but Jimmy Crute, um, you know, Antonio Ruggiero and O'Gara were able to put him away. I just don't really look at Julian Marquez and say like, yeah, some, I don't know. I know that he has a lot of finishes, but to me, he doesn't seem like an incredible striker. Like I, I understand that he's talented mm-hmm. and he's good, yeah. but um, you know, I think it's going to go the distance. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Sam Alvey, you know, turns 35 here next month, you know, you know, it's, that is another guy. I think very interesting to look at him on the scale tomorrow, what he does look like. I think it's obviously a big advantage. Uh, the fact that James Krause has been preparing for multiple weeks to take on Sam Alvey uh, as the head coach here of Julian Marquez. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I've never feel comfortable putting Sam Alvey in the lineup just because of his fighting style that you're literally, you're hoping that his opponent gets overzealous. And, and I do wonder with the smaller cage, does that kind of hurt Sam Alvey? Because this is a guy that he's very much like Tyron Woodley loves to live on the back of that fence. Yeah, I was hoping to find like some some Sam Alby takedowns and see if like he was able to somewhat replicate that Maki Patolo game plan because I do think that coming from like Team Quest and you know uh he will have some good cage cage defense. Um, but it's not really there's no offensive takedowns. Um if he could implement some takedowns, I would absolutely love it. One fight where he got a takedown in the UFC. One fight this is a guy who's been in the UFC since 2014 yeah that one fight against Prashnow where he won in the first round via knockout uh he got a takedown in that fight yeah I was trying I was trust me I wanted to pick Sam Alvey just for the simple fact of like I know he's got a big you know big punch I wasn't impressed with Julian Marquez last time out but it's a stretch to be honest I think it's like a you know, under 10% play, if you're going to sprinkle them in, you know, I wouldn't even do it that much, but uh, I I think that Julian Marquez should be able to get the victory here. It's just him not having a full camp. How is he? Yeah, no, that that is definitely one to pay attention to. Uh, You know, we always talk about how you got to look at the betting lines and, and this is a fight. The next fight kind of stuck out to me a little bit of Nina Ansaroff and Mackenzie Dern. So there was a one book, who put a very early line out on this one and the betting public hammered it uh, where she Nina Anstroff opened up at plus 240 at one book. It immediately got down to plus 100 now minus 140 Mackenzie Dern plus 120. This is, I think this is a close fight. Um, You know what, what, you know, Nina Anstroff's first fight since having 
uh, her daughter. And you look at Mackenzie Dern, I think clearly has a clear jujitsu advantage, but the question is, can she get down there? Because we've seen the struggle that she's had. And and like, I look at from Nina's aspect of, you just got to avoid that overhand, right. That, you know, is coming, which is, you know, and when, when Mackenzie has been able to get the fight to the ground, I've looked at more as poor IQ on her opponent's part, as opposed to what she did. Yeah. I I think it's also like uh, setting traps too, right? Like, high level BJJ practitioners will set traps. Like they'll make you feel comfortable in one area. Like, okay, I'm going to start to work up to my feet. And then they start to lure you into a false sense of security and uh, high level strikers do that as well. You're always trapping your opponents. You're, you're putting out little, little subtle tells to see if, uh, if you can take advantage of them. Um, I will say Mackenzie Dern, obviously an accredited BJJ black belt and uh, an amazing submission artist. Uh, We've seen it in UFC, but you know, she's been in the cage more recently and, um, you know, she doesn't have to really come off of, well, if you think about it, Jason, Mackenzie Dern at one time had a baby. It was, look, it was fighting, uh, one fight and we were trying to, you know, determine on how much of a toll will that take on her body? And she ended up looking fine. So, uh, I think that Nina Nunez, you know, former Nina Ansaroff, you know, it's a, it's a tough matchup if it gets to the ground if she's able to stay on the back foot and kind of move around, then I think that she can have some success, but I really kind of view Mackenzie Dern as a fighter that is slowly progressing in the game of MMA, like starting to really mix in better striking. She's working hard on her striking with her coach. And, um, you know, I almost feel like Nina Ansaroff or Nina Nunes is going to be just a lesser version of her typical self. It's just a lot for your body to, to, you know, to, overcome in such a short period of time i don't really understand the rush or the matchup but if there was a fighter to be a part of a strong camp you know nina nina nunez is a part of american top team which is you know flooded with black belts so she will be well prepared in that sense i'm still leaning mckenzie Dern, but this is another fight of mine that i'm i'm really not prioritizing it's kind of like a it's an all right matchup to me i think it's take Mackenzie Dern or pass on the fight because from a DFS perspective, right. I think if there is a finish in this fight, it comes from Mackenzie Dern and Sam asking a question, will Dern be a live dog or a punt is the real question. I, I would not consider her a, a punt play just because of her salary. That that's at 7,900. I don't consider that a punt play. Uh, but to me, I think she is a live dog. Yeah, it, it, she's an excellent underdog. And don't die on me. I need you here. Uh, <laughs> I will say Mackenzie Dern, um, for me, it's she's one of the best underdogs on the slate. I was surprised when I saw the lines because of Dern's name. Um, and uh, I think that it's kind of people just, you know, viewing Dern as one-dimensional, so to speak. She has showcased some impressive power, and you talked about that big overhand, right? Um, but perhaps she's working on that one thing the wrestling or judo takedowns to, to take her opponents down. Because if she's, if she gets your opponent in a clinch, there should be no reason why they shouldn't be on the mat. So, uh, you know, I like Mackenzie during the matchup. Yeah. I mean, I think when you look at Nina, to me, you know what she is as a fighter where Mackenzie Dern is still a fighter that is developing her skills, you know? Um, but I think it's just, it's not a, it's not a fight that I think you look at from a DFS perspective and say, Hey, I got to have this fight. Um, as I said, I think it's, it's take uh McKenzie Dern or, or pass on a fight FanDuel $16 on both sides. Um, if you do think that uh, we're going to see a, you know, five, six plus takedown attempts from McKenzie Dern, maybe that's a spot to look at Nina over on the FanDuel side of things. Uh, I did mention another fighter that's going to be really interesting to watch on the weigh-in scale. And that's going to be Mike Perry taking on Daniel Rodriguez, this potentially is a DFS fight written all over it. Um, I'm, you know, I think the question is, is I think a is, do you have any faith in Mike Perry at this point at 7,400 or is this a take Daniel Rodriguez or pass situation? Yeah. So there's plenty of fights on this card, right. Where I have little to no interest in the underdog. And I will say in this matchup, I have some interest in Mike Perry. And the reason I have some interest in Mike Perry is because he does possess some awesome power. Uh, we did see Daniel Rodriguez 
Ruck, not in his last bout, but in the previous bout. Um, and uh, if Mike Perry is able to really make some adjustments at MMA Masters, you know, he has a kid, which definitely will, you know, increase your motivation. He's just going to be at a technical disadvantage in this fight. He really is. He's fighting a, a high volume southpaw who can mix in takedowns as well as, you know, significant output. So I think he's going to constantly keep Mike Perry guessing, but I will say that Mike Perry might come in more prepared than ever because Perry literally trains himself or trained himself in a lot of these fights, uh, didn't take his career seriously. And, um, you know, I, I feel like Perry's nutrition in this fight, we'll have to see at the weigh-ins, but from what he's saying, his nutrition, his sparring, his training has been more serious now than ever. So, um, he's definitely an underdog to consider. I, I think as a low, um, you know, like a, a long shot, he's definitely in consideration, but for me, it's Daniel Rodriguez. I just think there's a skill gap there. Um, he's training at syndicate MMA a lot for this fight. Um, with Cowboy a lot. I know that they kind of paired up for their upcoming bouts. And uh, Daniel Rodriguez is just talented. And I like his submission game too. So it's very sneaky. Um, he's got that, you know, 10th planet BJJ as in, in his back pocket if things get squirrely on the ground. So, uh, you know, it's a fight that I am actually interested in for a DFS perspective. And uh, we'll have shares of both. Of course, this show is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. And, of course, you see it right there at the top of the screen. Be sure to use that promo code AWESOMO. You get an instant first match deposit up to $50. Of course, they're about player props. And let me just mention a little more or less from Monkey Knife Fight in terms of this one. Daniel Rodriguez, 65 and a half significant strikes. Mike Perry, 62 and a half. Yeah, I don't know about Mike Perry, but I'm telling you, Daniel Rodriguez is throwing more than that. He throws at, um, let me pull it up for you guys. He throws at a very high rate. I think it's like six strikes per minute or something like that. Let's see this. Daniel Rodriguez throws 7.68 strikes per minute. So, uh, and Mike Perry's a very tough guy. So I, I think that, you know, hammer that. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you could, that's part of the the more or less, which is what I do prefer to play over on yeah. Monkey Knife Fight. I think the bigger question is, do you think Mike Perry can get over six, two and a half uh, significant strikes? Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to first choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, let's see. Hold on. I got you. Your boy got you right here. Hold on. Right, I mean, look, go. if Rodriguez can get this fight to the ground and make it a jujitsu matchup, okay, that limits the potential of Mike Perry, but then it also limits what Daniel Rodriguez could do. Yeah. So, I mean, Mike Perry had North of 60 against Mickey Gall against Tim means Vicente Luque, Cowboy Oliver. He's really like barely over 60. So I think they're pretty smart with that line. Yeah. I would, I would say you take less on Perry more More on on Daniel Rodriguez. Yeah. 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 I would agree. Yeah, that's, I would say the one thing about those player prop contests, you got to you gotta be looking. We always want to click more, more. We always want to do that. You got to look less sometimes. You got to look less. Okay, so just to kind of throw this out there as the last thing about that, Daniel Rodriguez absorbs 6.12 strikes per minute. So now you got to think about Mike Perry's output. Perhaps, perhaps Daniel Rodriguez is a little bit more hittable than other opponents. Now, when we talk about the betting lines, the one betting line that really did stick out to me is Joe Selecki versus Jim Miller. I was surprised to see how big of a favorite Joe Selecki is. I like the kid. I, I think he, he's really, really talented. And, um, I mean, Jim Miller's, you know, not a newbie to this 
spot at all. He's fighting prospects left and right. I mean, I literally just think about the Roosevelt Roberts fight. And that's the one I always go back to like prospect against Jim Miller. How are you going to handle it? And he shined. So, uh, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, your take on this fight. To me, I think it's, it's pretty much a wash on the ground between these two guys. I, I think they kind of cancel each other out. I think it comes to the stand up. And I mean, look, we, we have seen Jim Miller shine in the opening round. I think if you're Joe Selecki, it's about potentially weathering that early storm. I think this is a fight that's going to play out on the feet. And, but my only concern is, is can Joe Selecki pay off the price tag? Um, what's it? What's he at? I don't have it. Right in front of 9100. Yeah, I mean, so let, let me tell you about Joe Selecki. I, I think that Joe Selecki has good boxing and has a really strong ground game. And in combination with his, his ground game, he utilizes excellent ground and pound. And I think that's what he's going to go to here against Jim Miller because Jim Miller is an amazing BJJ practitioner. He is. He, he catches people in, in some tricky situations and throws up you know, lots of submissions off of his back, but I feel like against a guy who can, you know, avoid those bad situations and Joe Selecki, Joe could honestly punish him in multiple spots and start to really implement strong ground and pound. If this is on the feet, Jason, I am worried about Jim Miller's leg kicks because Dustin Poirier till this day, will talk about Jim Miller's leg kicks. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that is a, a, something to, something to note in this matchup, but with them being opposite stance, you don't have to worry about it so much because if Jim Miller throws that inside leg kick, okay, Selecki can fire that right hand straight down the middle. But for me, I, I do like Joe Selecki. I guess I'll have Jim Miller at like limited exposure. Um, not an underdog I am prioritizing, though. And trains at an excellent jujitsu gym there. Uh, in the Carolinas, I actually talked to Joe uh, at the end of last week. He talked about uh, on Thursdays and Fridays, he drives three plus hours a day to train in Charlotte. Um, does a lot of work at, at Salty Dog Jiu Jitsu. John Salter, the Bellator fighter, who everyone knows is excellent on the ground. So um, I think this is a fight that, that probably does play on the feet. Jim Miller, 12% ownership right now. Yeah, I'd probably cut that in half, honestly. I'd probably cut it in half. But I understand what you're saying. Like, that's if you think that there is an avenue of success for him. That ownership is amazing. Yeah, it's uh that's a matchup of, you know, Joe Selecki definitely uh this he actually had mentioned to me. So you remember when Bobby Green had the issues uh when he was supposed to fight Jim Miller? Yes. So apparently the UFC thought there was gonna be issues. Uh and apparently Joe was one of the guys they talked to. Um and he just could not take the fight at that point. But he had said, Go give me that fight, I'll I'll take it. So uh if you, you want to check out the interview I did with Joe Slucky, it is on, on my YouTube channel. Uh, let's move over to a matchup between Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman, a guy that I have known for years yeah. uh, when he fought uh, down here in the XFC in Tampa. I, I always remember when uh, the XFC really wanted to do him versus Nick Newell back in the day. Oh, damn. That was like the fight the XFC was building up to, and it just it, it never it never came to fruition uh but he's uh, uh once again he's in a major underdog spot here uh game rot 9200 on the other side 20 dollars over on Fanduel. break it down for us Pete. yeah i am actually interested in both parties here i really am and uh, i will tell you that mateus Gamrot is a phenomenal wrestler he is um scott holtzman throughout his career has been able to get by by having good hands and solid wrestling to rely on as well I'm just curious to see the the grappling exchanges here in the wrestling um, scrambles. I want to see who comes out on top. I feel like Mateus Gamrot, um, you know, that last fight was interesting because he did land several takedowns and uh, looked good in moments. It's just uh, was, did he have an adrenaline dump because of it being his debut? Um, you know, I'm interested. I don't think that Scott Holtzman is a, a pushover by any means. I mean, he does have some good wins, Miller, Ma. But, uh, you know, against Dariush, that's his most recent. You have to wonder how he is going to be looking in this matchup. But I will tell you that, you know, I'm not too worried about fighters coming off of knockout losses when they're paired up against a, a grappler or a wrestler because, obviously, that's that's not 
you know, likely going to be exploited in that matchup. If, uh, you know, Scott Holtzman was fighting a, a knockout artist, then I would definitely be worried because you guys know I don't like targeting a lot of, um, you know, fighters coming off of knockout losses. But I think that Mateus Gamrot, you know, he's got the skills, man. He really does. And he's surrounded by talent at American Top Team. I think he's going to be well-prepared. I think he's going to be able to go out there and uh, win some rounds. Um, I just don't know about the score, Jason. I, I know that takedowns are amazing. And I know that control time is awesome, but I feel like Scott Holtzman can answer and actually provide resistance in a ton of areas to make this a very difficult fight, like a grinding fight in a grinding fight, perhaps might not result in good scores, but, uh, you know, I, I will split my exposure, but I, I definitely favor uh, Mateus game right here. If you're looking to get a little bit of edge on the, on the betting side of this one, Gamrot by decision plus one Oh five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. I try to find you some edges over here, you know. Yeah, I mean, try, I... Try. by by the way, I do I do want to mention uh, a comment in uh, Hunter. Uh, Mike Perry is not at American Top Team. He is at MMA Masters. Yeah, he's at MMA Masters. Um, but apparently, MMA Masters coaches will not be in his corner. Weird. It's a Mike Perry dynamic. Girlfriends only cornering. I don't know what's going on. It, it's just you know trying to. I don't know. He's an idiot. He's, he's saving money. He let's let's be honest about it. He's he's trying to save money. He's saving money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I you know there is some weird things I've seen in them. Maybe. Oh so, yeah. You know, a week ago, where's his finger? I I know that, that goes into it. I know. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Uh, it was a first for me. I. I I definitely thought that it was a compound fracture and was definitely, you know, hidden somewhere. But, uh, I mean, they had, they had the PA like, and I was talking about, <laughs> we're looking for a finger right now. I mean, goodness <laughs> gracious. Like, you think with that PA guy came to his job that night, did he ever think, hey, I'm going to make an announcement. Hey, can you look at our seat and see if you find a finger? The only thing, right, like, is – if his finger actually came off, I feel like the amount of blood would have been ridiculous. And there was blood, but like, yeah. it, it wasn't like you just snapped and lost a finger type of blood. So, you know, compound fracture, it was ugly for sure. But MMA is always keeping us on our toes. Do you want to be a fighter? That's all. <laughs> so the only. All right, all right, let me ask this, Pete. Okay, let's say you're that guy's trainer. Yeah. Does that line come up in training? to someone else in the gym who's slacking off at some point? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Go, you see him over there? He almost lost a figure. He kept fighting like it was nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything you can to get the edge or get your guys to push through. Tell Pete Sr. He's got to pull that line out to you at some <laughs> point. <laughs> so, you know, when PJ is uh, is slacking off in training, just just pull up that picture. Like, let's get a big poster up for Pete. Yeah, right. That is never thought I'd see that in MMA. Never thought that. That is incredible. That's that's an amazing one. Let's move on. We got a female matchup, a Norma Dumont taking on Aaron Blanchfield. Norma Dumont, uh, another 9,000 fire here. She's 9,300. Uh, Blanchfield, 6,900. Do you like the young girl in Aaron Blanchfield here? Potentially I- has an upset. I wanted to, and I definitely think that as a GPP long shot, we should consider her for like our bar from guard because she is a talented grappler. Um, she's very young in her career, 21 years old. Uh, I just think like Norma Dumont, not really a fighter that's extremely excited me, and she hasn't really looked incredible. But in her most recent performance, she did look, you know, she looked solid against Ashley Evan Smith. You know, she was thrown in there against Megan Anderson. And rightfully got knocked out, but you know, she's decent standing up, decent takedowns, decent jujitsu. It's just avoid that submission ability of Aaron Blanchfield. And if she keeps it on the feet, she should be able to win this fight. It's just the price, Jason. Like, I don't really, I don't look at her and see like, she's a phenomenal finisher. I mean, um, she's got two professional finishes. Um, I think that the takedowns could be interesting. She could work towards one. I'll have some exposure to Dumont, of course, because I do favor her in the matchup. But Blanchfield, outside of a, uh, you know, armbar from guard situation, 
I think that it might not be the best matchup for her. She could be kind of outgunned and out, you know, in a size disadvantage here. Now, when you go over to oddshopper.osmo.com, you can check out that price for Blanchfield wins by submission as high as plus 1600 Yeah, I mean, that's worth something, right? Throw $10 on it. Throw something on it. And, of course, when you're looking to get those edges to find the lines that you look for, you got to check out Odd Shopper over at awesomeo.com as you can uh, sign up to set up notifications when the line gets to a price that you want. Uh, that is definitely, uh, you mentioned about it. It's a female matchup. Armbar from guard is something you want to look in there. Maybe you think Norman DeMont's going to win by TKO KO. That is plus 592. Maybe you don't want to pay that minus 255 price there on, on DeMont to win this one. Blanchfield, I, I think, is one of these fighters that, I think it's not necessarily about this fight, but where she potentially be in two to three years from now. Yeah, I agree. I think she's going to end up losing her debut and then uh, start to work towards a a good run in the UFC. Uh, Then we got uh, John McDassey taking on Ignacio. Is Ignacio 8,900, 7,300 for John McDessey. McDessey's been in the UFC for a long time. We we know who he is as a fighter. Yeah. Uh, But to me, this this is about his opponent. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to pick McDessey because obviously the price discount, but he is going to be significantly undersized in this matchup. I mean, he's giving up a seven-inch reach advantage to uh, Ignacio Bahamondes. Um, McDessey's 5'8", Bahamondes is 6'3", informally fighting at 170 pounds. So obviously we have to you know, see him at the weigh-ins. I want us to make sure that he's going to look okay at 155 pounds. Yes, he has competed there before, but I just want to make sure that he's all right. Um, I, I think that, you know, being a part of Valley Flow uh, striking system and BFS Academy is is huge for a lot of fighters. I actually know Mike really well. And, um, you know, they have tricky striking. And I think, like, the kicks and the dexterity in the legs of uh, Ignacio Bahamondes could, pro- you know, provide some problems to McDessie because of the length. And uh, maybe McDessie could get knocked out in this situation. I like Ignacio Bahamondes quite a bit, Jason. I'll have plenty of exposure to him. Outside of McDessie kind of staying on the outside and just, you know, popping him with some straight punches, I think this is going to be Bahamondes from bell to bell. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Then we got a heavyweight matchup. Jorgen DeCastro taking on a man that the last time we saw him, Pete, was back at UFC Fight Night 93. September the 3rd, 2016, your headliner for that night, Pete, Andre Orlovsky and Josh Barnett. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay, so with this matchup, right, we have Jorgen DeCastro, who we know and has let us down in some situations and also, uh, you know, shown off some impressive power, some excellent low kicks. But going up against a guy that's been absent from the gym for so – well, not the gym, but from absent from competition for so long – that is tricky. And the reason that's tricky is because, you know, you could see somebody come in there looking completely different than the last time out. He could have been working extensively for these past five years on something. Um, he could be a brand new fighter or he could be doing it for a paycheck. I don't know, but I will tell you that I think that Jorge Castro is striking for, you know, the division of mixing in strong kicks is something that can be a problem for a lot of fighters. And I do favor Jorgen DeCastro in the matchup. Of course, Jorgen's lost back-to-back fights via decision. We look at the price point here, 9,400. That price tag, he's got to win by finish. Yeah, but, you know, it is heavyweight, right? Like, so um, with the leg kicks, the guy's been absent for five, six years. Um, you know, where's he really at now? Like, where's he really at? He's 37 now. What has he been doing? And he's had multiple fights canceled. In 2017, 2019 to Greg Hardy, 2020 to Tai So I don't understand what the what the deal's been, but he's been trying to get back in the cage. Um, I'm still favoring Jorge DeCastro. I'll have him in plenty of lineups. It's just the price point at this point. And, at, yep. you know, 14 fights, it's okay to be underweight on him. But I, I feel like we could have a heavyweight knockout here, Jason. 
Then we got uh, Hunter Azure taking on Jack Shore, 8,700 for Jack Shore, 7,500 for Hunter Azure, and 18 and 11 over on FanDuel, respectively. Hunter Azure is a guy that I've had a chance to talk to, uh, you know, on, on several occasions, but things have just have not gone well uh, for him in, in his past couple of fights, you know, getting that, uh, you know, that, that knockout loss uh, in, in his last matchup. Uh, or two matchups ago against Brian Kelleher and coming off that win uh, against Cole Smith. Uh, what's your, what's your take on this one? Yeah. So, you know, this is a fight where I will have exposure to the underdog. Obviously I am favoring Jack Shore. I think that his grappling is next level. Um, he has good wrestling as well. And I think that's kind of the the X factor in this situation because we're, it's going to be competitive in that wrestling department because Hunter Azure is a talented wrestler and he has good hands. So I'm interested to see, the sequences to test each other and see who comes out victorious in those sequences. Um, I will say that Jack Shore's striking is probably, you know, it's, it's elementary, you know, in comparison to Hunter Azure who has more volume, but Hunter has been knocked out against Brian Kelleher. So, um, you know, I think that we have to have split exposure in this matchup. Obviously Jack Shore is undefeated and could work towards a submission or a ground and pound finish if he gets Hunter Azure down. And, you know, he does seem like he's a very strong fighter in those positions. So I'm favoring Jack Shore, but Hunter Azure is a fighter. I'm definitely not disregarding. I'll have plenty of Hunter Azure as, a, as an underdog as well. Then we got uh, Luis Saldana taking on Jordan Griffin. Jordan Griffin, a plus 115 underdog in this one. Of course, uh, this is Saldana's UFC debut. Got that win against Vince Murdoch on the Contender Series. What's your take on it? Yeah, you know, I, I'll say that Jordan Griffin's kind of let me down several times within the UFC, but I'm kind of looking at Jordan Griffin and I'm like, you know, I don't really know if he's been – he's talented, Jason, but I don't really know if he's as good as we used to think he was or, you know, he never really lived up to the potential. I'll say that, you know, Luis Saldana's, um, you know, his run, his strength of schedule is probably nowhere near Jordan Griffin. Jordan Griffin's fought plenty of notable names – and if you really go in and dive in to uh, Luis Saldana's record, you can find some holes there. But I will say the kid's talented, uh, you know, uh, part of a good camp. I think that, you know, being a part of a good camp is, is very important to get you UFC ready. He looked great in his contender series fight. He's an excellent striker. Uh, he's talented on the ground as well with very, very good submissions. I've seen Jordan Griffin kind of like give in on, on the ground and put himself in bad spots or accept positions in the past. Um, I want to pick Jordan Griffin initially just because I was like, oh, man, the experience gap could be huge. Uh, 26 fights against 20 fights. And, you know, in those 26 fights, he's fought the who's who. But for me, it's Saldana with a limited Griffin exposure. Yeah, this is one of those fights that it's it's very close here. By the way, something to note, because as I'm preparing to give our five picks here in, in a moment, uh, favorites are starting to come back in at a higher rate. I don't know if people have noticed this over the past couple of cards. Yeah, I mean, you know me, I don't. But, you know, it's it's cool when you bring it up because it, it's supporting, you know, what we're what we're arguing here. We're arguing against odds. Yeah, I'm, I was trying to find the number. Uh, it was as high as nearly 40% of underdogs coming in, but uh, of recent, the, the favorites have been coming in. Uh, matchup that uh, I think you definitely have to be looking at as, as a GPP play, and that's William Knight and Dun Ung Jung. Jung, a minus 140 betting favorite, of course. Uh, William was supposed to fight two weeks ago. That did not happen due to a COVID situation. Now he is in this spot. Uh, William Knight, uh, a Northeast guy that I know we're, we're both familiar with. Yeah. I mean, William Knight's a specimen. He really is, uh, you know, muscle from head to toe and, you know, he's talented as well. Like he, he has, um, you know, good grappling and I think it's underrated grappling because mm-hmm. he's an explosive striker, but his strength really comes from getting, uh, you know, in the top position and being able to rain down ground and pound or good pressure or work towards submissions even. So, I, you know, Donald Jung in the UFC, you know, his take on the fence has been fine, but outside the UFC, if you look at some fights, man, I'm seeing the guys that were taking down Donald Jung regionally. And I'm like, William Knight's stronger than him. William Knight's grappling's better than him. William Knight would have thrown him out of the cage in that situation. Um, <laughs> you know, I really like Donald Jung striking. Like I really do, but I will say that 
Knight has a clear advantage in the grappling department, especially if he gets him down in this division. Um, it's just how is he after battling COVID or popping from COVID or whatever that situation is. Um, I'm favoring Knight in, in the matchup, though, Jason. I really am. I think that he's a nice underdog to target. Dotton Jung can definitely knock out William Knight because there was, there was a time where Knight is accepting bad positions or putting himself in bad positions. So, uh, you know, Dotton Jung going out there and kind of, you know, sparking William Knight wouldn't surprise me, but I do like William Knight as an underdog. You, you say what you're saying is William Knight knows how to push the weights around. Is that what you're saying? Uh, that's all he does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he's, uh, he definitely, uh, he can push some weight to, uh, around there. Um, and our opening matchup of the night, Impa and Sasha, this is actually a fight that people on, on Twitter were really wanting to know your breakdown for. Yeah, I, I see that. And, you know, Impa Kasanganai is a talented fighter. And Sasha Palatnikov pulled off a, you know, a fantastic upset um, against Kosi. And everybody was really writing off Palatnikov. Um, but I will say that Palatnikov, throughout his career, he's shown susceptibility to getting rocked and knocked out. Now, Impa Kasanganai is coming off of being highlight reeled knocked out from Joaquin Buckley. And that was such a devastating knockout that you don't know how healed he is. Um, I feel like people immediately, they know how I am about, I don't want to target fighters coming off a knockout loss. So they're thinking I'm just going to completely side with Sasha Palatnikov, but I can't do that because I think that Impa Kasanganai possesses plenty of skills and he does have good grappling already. Now he is at Sanford MMA and that's a camp that I really like. And I'm a fan of Henry Hooft. I'm a fan of the, of the wrestling department there as well. Um, I'm going to have exposure to both sides because this fight really does seem like a GPP fight. Like maybe Impa either he Impa could knock out Palatnikov and it wouldn't surprise me. You could take him to take down city. It wouldn't surprise me, but Sasha Palatnikov could also, um, you know, kind of out volume Impa Kasanganai who's coming down a weight class and that wouldn't surprise me either. So with all that being said, split your exposure in this matchup. I think a 60, 40 split would make sense. I'm favoring Impa Kasanganai though in the matchup. And it seems like that first fight of the night has been optimal more times than not this year. It's your favorite, Jason. That's why. Like, it's such it's such a sweat when you're watching the first fight. And then it's also, like, you know, disappointing when you finally don't target the first fight and it goes off. By the way, if you have any last-minute questions, get those in right now. Let's go through our fight picks here, Pete. Uh, let's, let's, let's go bottom to the top. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing we're going to both agree on Impa. Yeah, I'm going Impa. Give me William Knight as a slight underdog. Yeah, I'm taking William Knight. And no, this is non-DFS related, yes. Correct, yes, correct. Uh, give me Jordan Griffin as a slight underdog as well. Okay, I'm going Luis Saldana. All right, here comes, here comes the Jason run on favorites, by the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Jack Shore. Jack Shore for me. Jorgen DeCastro. DeCastro. Ignacio. Yep, Bahamondes. Dumont. Yep, Dumont. Gamrot. Gamrot. Selecki. Selecki. <laughs> Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Give me Mackenzie Dern as the underdog. Yeah, Mackenzie Dern too. Wow. And then uh, I've got I've got the favorites in the last three fights: Marquez, Youssef, and Vittori. I have Marquez, Allen, and Vittori. I actually don't mind Arnold Allen. I like him quite a bit. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one of course uh be sure to uh, catch us back here on saturday for live before lock samuel appreciate you with the super chat with his usual questions top two cash gpp underdogs mvp and champions inside the distance and who will break the slate um in terms of breaking the slate it's got to start with martin vittori with the potential of multiple takedown attempts mm, i mean does it i, I... I think he could get multiple takedown attempts and maybe not even pay off his salary. I think he's the obvious cash play. Um, As far as who will break the slate, it could be Joe Selecki. Interesting one. Uh, Top two cash. Vittori for me. Such a high price though. Yeah, but I mean – in cash, you just want safety. And I think like the five rounds, it's not like he's in a three-round fight. I will say 
See, I almost, I almost said the Castro. No, I like Selecki a lot. I'm going to go Selecki and Vittori for cash. How about Daniel Rodriguez as a top two cash play? Okay, I don't hate it. That's and that's more going against Mike Perry than anything else. Uh, in terms of underdogs, uh, I mentioned about some underdogs I like. I think in terms of GPP, uh, Mackenzie Dern, I think it is an underdog to look at just because of the, the potential there of a finish. Um, and then I, I would label William Knight plus one twenty once again as a, as a GPP underdog play. Yeah, um, for me, I would agree with that. Dern, Allen, um, Knight; those are the underdogs that I'm considering. Uh, we can give you some MVP champions. I, I did look on Super Draft before the show. They did not have any of the multipliers out there. Uh, in terms of champions, I, I think it's going to be some names that, that we mentioned there. Um, Marvatori, $23, I think, is, is one. Um, you know, Selecki, I think uh, that could be an interesting one, potentially, if you get some uh, low ownership as an MVP. Yeah, I, I, I like Selecki, man. I'm telling you, I think, like, this is a nice fight for him. Uh, inside the distance pick, uh, I'll go to Castro. That's cheating. Um, I'm going to say Selecki. I didn't know we had a no cheat rule. I'm saying Selecki inside the distance. Look, look, okay. Like you've never grabbed the fence. You... <laughs> I have. I haven't. I should have. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> I should have. Some of my losses <laughs> wins right now. Uh <laughs> Hey, look, because you know they're only going to give you a warning the first time you grab it. Honestly, my friend said it forever. He's like, honestly, they don't penalize you enough. You could get you could get away with two fouls. You need a break, you kick them in the nuts. You you anything, you grab the cage. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, look, you could always do the trifecta: grab <laughs> yeah. the fence, poke them in the eye, <laughs> kick, kick them in the groin. That. that we got to find fighters in – we have to see if a trifecta has happened in a fight. I, I'm sure it has. Oh, I guarantee it has. I guarantee it has. Uh, that's awesome. We have to figure that out. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's all of Samuel's questions. I, I appreciate Samuel there uh, in the chat. Um, how much am I having on the first fight? Well, I haven't done any of my lineups yet. Uh, I would imagine I will probably, probably on Impa. I'll probably be, I, I would, I would imagine I'll be in the 20% range. It's hard to have a high ownership with so many fights. Um, but that first fight really kind of stands out to me. So for all of our premium members, also, we have the MMA, uh, pro place pick, uh, just a little tip. I do those after the show, after I hear what Pete has to say, then I can kind of figure out what, how I want to rank my guys there. So that's a little hat tip to you. Of course, how, how it works over here. Uh, Russell, best low cost FanDuel option under $12. So um, are we, I, I guess the question would be is, are we talking $11 tween under or are we including $12? Let's just say we include $12. So that would mean we've got Sam Alvey at $10, Perry 12 Miller nine, Holtzman ten, Blanchfield nine, McDessie eleven, Donho eight, Azure eleven, and Sasha at eight. Okay, so three stick out to me, right? Sasha Palatnikov, Hunter Azure, and Mike Perry. Those three stand out to me as like underdogs that could come through and really wouldn't surprise me, Jason. Yeah, it's uh, but it should be a good night of fights. Of course, uh, we'll be back here on Saturday for live before lock. We'll be here at 11 a.m. Eastern time. I will be in Slack at 9 a.m. during doing some office hours on Saturday morning. So be sure to check us out there on Saturday. I do want to thank our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Of course, uh, be sure to use that promo code Osmo to get a instant first match deposit up to fifty dollars. Appreciate their support here of the Osmo MMA DFS Strategy Show. So we will talk to you again on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, 
but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.